Welcome to the Simple Power Podcast, where we think practically about the presence and the power of God. I'm your host, Duke Lamastra, and as always, I'm so grateful that you're here. Whether this is the first time that you're visiting or you're back for more, really, really appreciate you. If you're here listening on my website, simplepowerpodcast.com, I think that's awesome. But if you listen to music or any other podcast or anything like that on any of the major platforms like Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, so many other platforms that are out there, you can also find this there. So anyway, however you're listening or consuming or listening or if you're watching even on my YouTube channel, really, really appreciate you guys being here. So thank you so much. For this week's episode, uh, I want to talk about something that's just kind of been swirling around in my mind. It's been on my heart for a little while now. I want to talk about experience and how my experiences and your experiences do not limit God. What I mean by that is I cannot, or at least I should not, develop my theology and what I believe and what I expect God to do just based on what I've experienced in the past. Let me just tell you, there are plenty of things that I have not yet experienced in God, but that I absolutely long for. I long for deeper encounters. I long for uh, more frequency of, of healing and miracles. I long to see signs and wonders. I long for so many things that I have yet to experience yet. In my opinion, I've experienced just a very small glimpse of the good, of, of, of how big God is. And I'm so grateful for what I have experienced. I'm so grateful for the the many, many miracles that I've seen. I'm so grateful for what God has done, for the personal encounters that I've had with him in my own life. I'm so grateful for it. But I know that there is so much more. I've heard too many stories. I've, I've, I've read too much of the Bible to think that what I've experienced is the end all be all. I, I know that God like the Bible talks about how the increase of his government and peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. Paul talks about in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18, how we're beholding him as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. We are transformed into the same image from glory to glory. It's from glory to glory. The nature of God is always to increase, to do more, to do bigger, to show you more, to reveal more to you, to use you in greater ways that when you get used to one thing or you get comfortable in one area of your life, you've probably noticed this by now that God tends to say, okay, well now it's time to do this. Let's advance. Let's expand. Let's go further. Let's go deeper. Let's go to a realm where maybe you're not comfortable yet and you don't know your way around yet. And that's awesome because the spirit of God inside of you will lead you into places where you feel like you don't have that position of authority established yet, but he inside of you is all the authority that you need to go through and to be successful and to experience breakthrough. And he'll take you by the hand and he'll lead you constantly throughout your life. Like we very rarely, I've discovered, get to be comfortable. And I've discovered that even in my own life, I feel like, this is how I feel, that for the past 12 years or so that I've been in full-time ministry at this point. This is August 2020. At this point, my wife and I, we've been serving the Lord together in full-time ministry for a little over 12 years. We were missionaries in Mexico for a while, and uh, we've been um, serving in pastoral capacities and church planting and some other areas as well here in Mobile, Alabama. And I've just recognized in my life that I'm very often painting myself into a corner that I'm then like, okay, God, well, I can't get myself out of this. Only you can get me through this. Like this whole Simple Power podcast thing, it just started last year in 2019. 
but I wrote the book on this like six or seven years ago, and then it sat on my shelf for a while, but, but even when I started writing, there were so many things that I was writing about that I had yet to really experience, maybe a little glimpse here and there, but there were so many things that God was leading me to write about and to just develop passion for and develop theology for, not that I was developing new theology, but for me, I was understanding a different theological perspective through his word that I hadn't yet experienced or, or understood. And so it's just this training period, this teaching period where I'm writing about things and then it's out there and I'm like, okay, God, well, now you're really going to have to show up because I, I, I've painted myself into a corner in terms of I know that this is real. I know that this is true because it's in your word and I believe what your word says and I believe that it's for me. But God, I have not yet experienced this and I don't fully know how to explore these areas. And that's what faith does. I had a, a guest on here a few weeks back, Caleb Hires, awesome, awesome guy. You can check him out at calebhires.com. He's got some really awesome content. But I had him on uh, a few weeks back and he made a statement. He said, faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Faith moving in the kingdom is spelled risk. It involves risk. We often if we want to grow in the Lord, are going to have to take risk. That's part of the adventure of walking through this life with Jesus, that he doesn't want to leave you where you're at. He loves you where you are, absolutely, completely, 100%, but he loves you so much that he doesn't want to leave you where you are. He wants to take you further. He wants you to go deeper. He wants you to experience more. And there is so much more available to you and to me than any of us have experienced. And so let me just read a, a verse here for you, which is something that you're probably very familiar with. But in John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. That's the New King James Version. I'm like NKJV at heart. That's like my 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 life right there, the, the New King James Version. But I'm really a huge fan of the Passion Translation. So let me read this verse to you from the Passion Translation. I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do the same mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these because I go to my father. The fact that Jesus went to his father, that he died on the cross, that he was buried, that he rose from the dead, and that he ascended to his father. He's like, listen, guys, it's expedient. It is to your advantage that I go away to be with my father, because if I go to my father, then I will send to you the Holy Spirit the helper, the comforter, the parakletos, the one who comes alongside of you to lead you and to guide you into all truth, to live on the inside of you, reminding you of everything that I've spoken to you, declaring my word to you, reminding you and bearing witness with your spirit that you are a child of God. Come on, somebody. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of us, constantly directing our focus and our attention to Jesus Christ, reminding us that we are his, that we belong to him, that we are children of God. And he's like, it's to your advantage that I go away because when I go away, I will send you the Holy Spirit. And Jesus says, because I go to my father, the works that I have done, you will do these also and even greater works than these. So what kind of works 
did Jesus do? He healed the sick. He opened the eyes of the blind. He opened deaf ears. He raised the dead. He cleansed lepers, right? He showed compassion to people. He got involved in people's lives. He spoke words of truth. We see him speaking words of knowledge to people, just telling them things about their lives, reading their mail, as we like to say, telling them things about their lives that there was no other way that in a human sense he could have known, but revealed by the Spirit of God, speaking prophetically into people's lives, pulling out the, the gold and the life that's inside of people, releasing people into their calling, into their destiny. You know, telling people, go and sin no more as a declaration over their life. Like, I have something so much greater for you. Sending people after revealing truth to them, sending them back into their towns and villages to tell everyone else what you've seen and heard. Releasing people to be a part of the process of the the knowledge of who Jesus is, the Messiah. Like, he did so many incredible things. He's like, these works that I have done you will do also, and greater works than these you will do. Now, uh, let me go back to the New King James. Jesus says, most assuredly, I say to you. So this is not just some like passive statement. Most assuredly, I say to you. I like the way that the Passion Translation says it. I tell you this timeless truth. Most assuredly, I am so sure about this. It is ridiculous. Most assuredly, I say to you, he, it says he who believes in me. The works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these he will do because I go to my Father. This is what is available to you and I, to those of us who believe in Jesus. Now, we're not talking about believing in the signs, believing in the miracles, believing in the wonders, believing in the the great things that happen, believing in greater works. We're not talking about that. We're talking about believing in Jesus, believing in the Son of God, believing in who He is. When we put our belief in Him, our faith in Jesus Christ, and He is the one that we believe in, He's got the confidence of our heart, then this is what becomes available. Greater works than these. It doesn't say they will do, you all will do, the church collectively will do. It says he will do. So just put your name there. Just just try it. Just try it for a second. Hold on. Most surely I say to you, Duke, if he believes in me, the works that I do, Duke will do also. And greater works than these, Duke will do because I go to my father. Look, I just believe that. I'm just crazy enough to believe that. Now, it might not totally fit in my head right now. Let me tell you, it doesn't fit in my head right now. Like, to do greater works than Jesus, like, I don't even know. Let me just tell you, I don't even know exactly what that means. But I know that it's written here. And just because I haven't experienced it, it does not give me the right to say, well, he must have meant something else. He must not have meant that. It must be this. And so we'll take stuff and we'll twist it to the point that it's out of context so that it fits better with our thinking, with our theology. Let me just remind you that you are a child of God. You're created in his image. You are an ambassador of heaven and you have the privilege of partnering with the heart of God here on earth, declaring God, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is your inheritance. Like, I know that a lot of people like to think that all the great stuff that the Bible talks about, that the gospel, that the good news, that so much of it is just reserved for after we all get to heaven and whatever else. But we actually get to experience heaven on earth because we live in the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is within us and among us. The spirit of God himself lives inside of us. And so we just have to stop settling 
for less. I feel like so often we settle for less. Jesus said in Matthew chapter uh, 10, verse 8, he says to his disciples, he's like, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. You and I have freely received the grace of God, the salvation of God, the favor of God, everything that he's done for us. We've received it. He's like, as freely as you have received, it didn't cost you anything to receive it. It cost him everything. It cost him everything. He paid the price for you and for me completely. It didn't cost me my life to receive the free gift of salvation. Now, it does, it does cost my life to, to follow him and to live for him. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is I've freely received this gift of salvation and life and righteousness and peace and rest and joy, everything that he's given to me. I freely received it. I didn't have to fight for it or strive for it or jump through hoops. All I had to do was receive. As freely as you have received, freely give. That means in the context of this verse, cast out demons, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead. He's like, walk into every situation where there is an impossibility for you. As you walk into those situations, freely give away what you have received for yourself. Because the grace of God that you have personally received, I promise you, it is enough to heal the sick, to cleanse the lepers. Yes, to raise the dead, to cast out demons to do whatever he's leading you into, whatever he's calling you to do. His grace on your life is enough. Now look, I get it. I understand the arguments. Jesus in this verse is saying, heal the sick, raise the dead. And it's like, well, how? I don't ha- I'm not able to heal the sick. I'm not able to raise the dead. I totally get that. I totally get it. It sounds a lot better and it fits a lot better with our theology to say, Pray for the sick. Pray that that person might be raised from the dead. Pray that that leper might be cleansed. That sounds a lot more comfortable and a lot more in line with a lot of people's theology because that's not impossible. It's not impossible for me to pray for the sick. I can easily pray for the sick. I can pray for somebody and not even believe what I'm praying for. That is not risky. It's risky to recognize, hold on, Jesus actually said, heal the sick. He didn't say pray for the sick. He didn't say ask me so that this person that's sick might get, might get made better. No, he's revealing to us the will of the Father. The will of the Father is that people that are sick be healed. The will of the Father is that nobody would perish, but that all would come to repentance. The will of the Father, he doesn't want you living in poverty and, and living broke and disgusted with life. and all. He wants you to experience his joy and his peace and everything that he has for you. And so you get to walk into those situations and release the reality of the kingdom that he has made available to you freely as you have received, freely give. I understand uh, that it, it might not totally fit within the realm of our own thinking. It might not totally, I might not have perfect theology for all this. I definitely don't have perfect theology for all of this. It might not fit into your theology like, that Jesus, what was the first miracle that Jesus did in the Gospel of John in John chapter 2? He turned water into wine at a party for a bunch of people that had already had way too much to drink. Like, that might not fit in your theology, but it's in the book. It's truth. 
He did it. Might not fit in your theology the fact that Jesus spit in the in the dirt and he made like a like a clay, like a mud, like a salve, and put on the guy's eyes so that his his eyes would be restored. There's a lot of things that I read and that I hear about that I don't have perfect theology for that might not fit in my mind that might not be, well, that's not the way that I would do it. It should be more like this, but what gives us the right to pick and choose? Now I'm not talking about creating theology around going and turning water into wine or walking on water or spitting in the dirt and putting it on people's eyes. I'm not talking about that. All I'm saying is there is more available than what you have experienced and there's more available than what I have experienced and we cannot limit God based on our experiences or based on what we have not experienced. Anytime that you and I create a theology that's based on something that did not happen or that can't be true because it's not my experience, then what we do is we put God in a box. And what we've done is, I hate to say this, but we've created a God in our image who has to conform to our standard of doing things. Hold on a second. That's ridiculous. It sounds ridiculous when we talk about it like that, but that's what we do. That's what we do. And I'm just saying that there is so much more available to us that we have yet to taste, that we have yet to experience, but he's so good. He's so real. He's so faithful. He's so much bigger than us. And he's been so good to us. And I just want to come back to that one more time as I get ready to close here. Freely as you have received, or as you have freely received, freely give. I want you to remember, I want you to just think about how freely you have received everything that Jesus has done for you. Just think about it for a minute. Just become aware real quick. Become aware of how good he's been to you. I'm not saying your life has been perfect. I'm not saying there haven't been struggles. But when you think about what you deserved, what I deserved, we all deserved hell. We all deserved death. We all deserved to be paying the penalty for our sins for all of eternity. And it still would not have been enough to make us right before God. There was an infinite amount of distance between the old you, the old me, and eternal life, and heaven, and salvation. It was was a gap that was impossible for any of us to cross, but Jesus did it himself. He did it himself. God rebuked his own son. God put the weight of your sin and my sin upon upon his own son. Jesus carried it for you. He carried it for me. He hung on that cross and you and I actually became one with him on that cross. It's incredible what he did for us. He's been so good to us. And and in that, in that selfless, amazing, perfect act of being fully obedient to the father, laying his life down in our place, he's brought us into this position of sonship with the father where we belong to him, where there is nothing that separates us from his love and where we have access to Romans 8 verse 17 says that we become co-heirs with Jesus Christ. I think that was the the topic of last week's podcast episode. We become co-heirs or joint heirs with Jesus Christ that we have access to his stuff. He's given us access to his world. He's given us access to who he is, to his heart, to his blessing, to his grace. And let me just tell you that the grace of God is so much bigger, so much better, so much stronger than you and I realize. It's so much bigger than we could ever imagine. 
And so we have to stop limiting him. And as we've received it, we need to recognize the greatness, the fullness, the completeness of what we have received and recognize how good it is and how big it is, which is a revelation that's going to be unfolding for us forever, I think. But recognize how good it is and how big it is and then recognize that, hold on a second, this is actually something that he did for me because he loves me, but it's so good that it's not just supposed to stay on the inside of me forever, but it's supposed to come out of me. And I actually have the authority as a child of God to demonstrate his goodness and his grace and his love and his power, his healing power, his power to bring people out of terrible situations, his power to speak a word into somebody's life and see transformation happen. Whatever it is, the power of God working through our lives demonstrated in real ways, in practical ways that causes his glory to be revealed, that causes hearts to be turned to him and to see him for who he really is. So as freely as you have received this gift of salvation and life and righteousness and grace, freely give it away as much as possible, as often as possible. And hey, if you step into a situation to lay your hands on somebody who's sick and to pray for them or to believe God for a miracle of some kind in somebody's life and it doesn't happen, keep going, keep believing, keep declaring, keep confessing, keep believing what the book says. You might not always experience breakthrough in a particular area immediately. I definitely haven't. I've prayed for people, believed with them, and saw the situation get worse. Not, not that it got worse because I prayed, but it got worse. It didn't get better. I've seen that happen. I've been in situations where I've prayed for somebody and nothing happened, and someone else came up right behind me and prayed better, <laughs> quote-unquote better, and that person got healed. And... That doesn't always feel great, but if you can get over yourself and get over your pride and just be happy that God healed the person, it's not about you. It's not about you. I've had it go the other way too, where I've come up behind somebody else. Somebody else got prayed for three, four times by different people and nothing happened. And I walked into this situation and as far as I know, did I don't know what I did. I don't know if I did anything differently or not, but the person got up and, and, and was instantly healed. I've seen that happen too. And it's not because of me. It's, it's, it's not because of me. It's not about me. It has nothing to do with that. And if we could just get over ourselves and recognize that, hold on, just because something didn't happen or didn't happen the way we thought it should, it didn't happen the way we've seen it happen in the past, don't allow those things to shake your thinking, to shake your theology. Don't allow those things to shape your theology. Let the word of God be the thing that shapes your theology and that defines what you believe. Remember, we're called to believe in Jesus, to believe that he is bigger than every situation, every issue, every sin problem, every disease, every relationship problem. He's bigger than all of it. And so when we put our faith and our trust and our belief in him alone, then we can begin to walk with him and really see breakthrough and change happen. But guys, God is not limited by your experiences. He's not limited by my experiences. And so my challenge to you, my encouragement to you is to keep trusting God, keep going forward, keep expecting incredible things. If you believe for something, you pray for something, you declare something, and you don't see it right away, don't give up, don't stop believing, don't lower the standard to bring it down to your level of what you can believe God for now because of what don't change what you believe don't change the standard keep believing Jesus thank you all so much for being here really really appreciate you guys 
Um, remember to subscribe to the Simple Power channel if you haven't already. As always, new episodes are released every Monday morning at 6 a.m. Eastern, 5 a.m. Central. Of course, you can check it out anytime at simplepowerpodcast.com or on any of those other platforms that I mentioned at the beginning. So you all have an awesome week, and I will see you next time.